Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. You uh, ready to meditate on the the gentle book that is Waiting by Kevin Hankus? I've been waiting hard oh, to talk no. about this book because it, it has been a long afternoon. My girls have been in turbo mode since 3.30 p.m. So oh, man. 7.30 couldn't come soon enough. But this is the perfect book for days like this, I feel yeah. like, uh, as we'll talk about. Yeah, so I think... Um, this is an interesting book. The title waiting is what the book is about. And I think that's, I, I guess I just realized that's something that you do so much in, in your childhood. And there really aren't that many books about sort of the, the passive state of waiting. Yeah. It's weird, right? Like I thought after re- reading this book, I thought like, Oh, waiting, that's like an interesting theme in children's books. And then I thought back and like, I couldn't, when I think back on memories of being a kid, it's like, that's all I'm doing is like waiting for the next thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think, and sometimes we've talked about other books about how uh, kids enjoy them because they're really chaotic and they, they feel out of control and that's mm-hmm. how kids feel. So like they're not in control of things. Right. And, uh, and then this is maybe a way in which like they kind of exert control and, and or it levels the playing field because everything is that kind of chaos. But this is sort of the opposite. Like this is a, a, also a situation in which there isn't much action and, it's it's pretty passive, but it it feels totally different than say where the wild things are, or or, or, or books like or Cat in the Hat or or, or books like that, or yeah, even this is like it, like Cars and Trucks and things that go. This is like the opposite end of yeah. the spectrum. <laughs> but I think no, uh, like instantly recognizable as a state to kids. Yeah, and my my kids really didn't. So the the, the plot of it, uh, such as it is, um, it's almost a almost like a Winnie the Pooh-like universe and that it's these to- these toys. It's a, a pig, a bear, a dog on a sled, a sort of jack-in-the-box rabbit, and an owl, and they're all perched on uh, this windowsill. And it's a very static, and anyways, the, the, way, the way it's framed, almost every page is these five toys in the window looking out, just waiting. And they, they all have different interests or hobbies, so the the pig has an umbrella and, and waits for rain. The owl waits for the moon. The, the dog on a sled waits for snow. The uh, bear wait, waits for the wind. The bear has a kite. I should have mentioned that. The, and, the, and then the rabbit, um, interestingly enough, just isn't waiting for anything in particular. Just really, he likes to look out the window and, and just wait. So he's, <laughs> he's not even waiting for real activity. He's the most zen, I guess, right. of, of, of them all. <laughs> And then so then it, it it goes through all the different things that they, they wait for the moon. And then they have adventures of a sort, though adventures might just be them all reclined, you know, in sleep. And they have a visitor, which is this, this other elephant briefly shows up, but then he goes away and you, you see him at the bottom uh, uh, beneath the window. So broken in pieces and one of them might go away, but then they come back and the pig disappears in one frame and then is back in the next. Um 
And then at the very end, um, but even though it's so passive, there is sort of a tension, like where, because you're thinking, where is this going? Right. The whole time that I mean, yes. I was, I was kind of, I, I myself really felt like, oh, what, what's it going to be? And then this, uh, this cat shows up and you don't, it, it's unclear. The cat doesn't seem to be waiting for anything in particular. And then boop, all of a sudden it's one of those nesting doll cats. And all of a sudden there's five cats. And then it says, what, what, what's the, what's the exact line? Something like, oh, but she was. Yeah. She didn't seem to be waiting for anything waiting. in particular. Oh, but she was. And then you oh, see that. And then it says, now there were 10 of them and they were happy together waiting to see what would happen next. And that's what it, that's how it ends. And now you have all you have the five nesting doll cats and then the five original animals staring out the window at a, a really pleasant springtime like scene with flowers and butterflies. And then that's how it ends. Um, is that Good synopsis. Good synopsis. Well, yeah, yeah, but but I feel like that does not and and I will say for as undramatic a plot as that is, this is the first time that I've contemplated not telling the ending. Because <laughs> and and I, sorry that we didn't give any kind of spoiler alert, but like just because it it really feels meaningful when you achieve it and but it it the way that I described it does not kind of convey the, the tone or I don't know that there, there is a, a subtle drama going on, but would, 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 did you feel that too? Or is that just in my, just in my head or. Yeah. I mean, I think the, um, the like sparseness of the, of the plot and just of the, of the visually, like it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a play. Like there's just, it's like a tableau. Like there it's, Oh, the whole thing just takes place in front of this. They're like them on this windowsill, basically um, the whole thing. In, in a way, though, I feel like that sparseness um, makes room for like you pick up on more of the, like the subtleties of the kind of tensions and sort of little dramas um, within what seems like a not very dramatic plot at first blush. Well, yeah, I mean, and even I mean, it deals with the whole, really, the the whole circle of life. You've got the the, the elephant that falls off the edge, and you see the elephant in pieces. So you've got death, and you've got. Oh, we gotta talk, okay, we we gotta talk about that that scene because it, it it's like a normal scene of like the windowsill and there's this new kind of glass elephant figurine, um, and he stayed for a while, and then the next page is you see that on the top left of the page is the 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 owl and and the rabbit, but the rabbit who's a you know like a jack in the box is sort of bent down, yeah, like an accordion, he's bent down, and then like below his head are the words, then he left and never returned. And then below those words are the elephant in pieces. So it like literally draws your eye down the way the the kind of right. elephant felt, which I think is just very clever in a non-pretentious way. It's, it's just like very nice, um, well, but sad. Like it's like grief, right? Yeah, it's really and 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 my kids picked up on that right away, and they're they're very concerned. That's so Delia. As soon as we start, after we get past the first few pages, she starts saying, "Oh no, the elephant!" Like way. Um, way she ahead of us. Yeah. And then Jack is very like, he wants to know, he wants to see a second book where presumably the elephant is fixed and comes back. Again. Uh -oh. Like, I don't know. Like, so it's, <laughs> but I mean, the, and the, for such, so the, the, the drawings are, are very simple, but somehow the, the faces of the animals are incredibly expressive. So my right. kids will just almost wonderingly say, Oh, look how happy that bear is. Like when, when the wind comes or, the, the 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 they all wait so the moon happens i think pretty much every night obviously but then snow you might have to wait a long time for snow 
And so when snow finally comes and the dog can sled, I guess, I mean, the other thing that's weird about this is that they never, they're still on their side of the window. So I don't understand how they're sledding or <laughs> protecting themselves from the rain or flying the kite if they never like cross the, to the other side of the, the window pane. But I, I, that's obviously like not in the spirit of the book. <laughs> well, but I wonder if it, I wonder if it kind of fits in the sense that they are with the, with the idea of like anthropomorphizing um, dolls and toys, right. That they're, right. they're not um, like they're alive, but not actually alive. And they like, they do things, but they don't actually do things right. um, kind of thing. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it, maybe it kind of like you see the little dog when it does finally snow, like you say, he's not outside, but he's on the windowsill and he's like, on his sled and he's super excited he looks like he's going down the hill yeah, he's participating yeah he, even his, like, yeah. his tail it's very like this is one of the most in terms of subtlety i don't know this this is one of the most has some of the most subtle touches of any book that, that I've, yep. I've encountered yep. and like i said those expressions like even though they, they don't really have much in the way of features my kids really just like they really really like, and then when the when the elephant breaks, they go, how, Oh, how sad they are. Oh dear. How sad. Mm-hmm. They, and they really, they we really just, we can, we really pause and just kind of sometimes stare in kind of respectful silence, like at, at the elephant yeah. and at their facial expressions. I don't know. It, it's a really, it's a really earn. It's a really grave earnest book, but it's also very playful. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's a, it's a mess. I, I really, Oh, I think you had read this before, but um, Jonathan Miller recommended this to us. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would have, gotten it otherwise but it, it, it's incredible yeah it's it's just really um like the what do you make I, I love this um this scene where they um it's talk you know it's i think it's after it's right after the the elephant falls um and never returns and the next one is they saw many wonderful interesting things and it's this and it's the five of them looking out the window and they're looking at clouds <laughs> yeah but the clouds the, are like projections of themselves so right. there's like the, the rabbit and there's an owl and there's like an umbrella from the pig and like what do you make of that that's that's kind of interesting they're not looking at actual things in the world they're looking at like that well they're doing what a lot of us do to clouds right which is we like project our own right that's what they're, they're they're putting their own world in, like into the sky i think that that's interesting when you when you think like oh what if the like the sky seems so unreachable but what if it was yeah. What if it had, what it, you create kind of familiar contours in the, I don't know, cumulus, <laughs> but, the, right. but uh, yeah. There's I, also a weird, um, and maybe this, maybe this is too out there. I don't tell me if this is too, too much, but one of the things I thought of when I, when I was reading this is it's sort of a um, uh, Plato's allegory, of the cave thing where it's like, there's the, the people like kind of bound up looking at images um, on a screen. Right. And there's this big question of like, what's actually real and what are just sort of images or reflections. Um, and so on the one hand, you could look at it like, well, these are just imaginary toys and like the real world is outside. But then also, if you think about it, that the real like life and action is happening inside. It's, it's a very like interior, like it's about these characters kind of interior worlds. And so maybe the outside is just, you, you sort of project your stuff onto the outside, but maybe the actual where the real drama is, is on the inside. Yeah, only a matter of time before uh, two UD English majors. <laughs> I don't think we brought up the allegory. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just, it was the clock was ticking. I don't think it's that's that's that far out there. I mean, I think one of the uh, like really good books like this, maybe this is a further level. They allow you to project into it also. So I don't think mm. that. 
but I, but but if they're good enough, then like there is like that that doesn't seem crazy. I don't I don't know if the author was like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and just do a do Plato's cave, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a pig holding umbrella on a <laughs> on, a, on a windowsill. Um, well, it's when, also when, it's also sort of if you think about childhood, it's kind of like as a kid, you're or I don't know, as a kid, I was you're always thinking about the future, but it's always like out there, and you get like glimpses of what it could be. Um, but you're kind of, you're actually stuck on this kind of like narrow playing field, which is like the, the window ledge and stuff happens obviously. Right. But you're always sort of looking externally to, I don't know, I don't think that the idea isn't that these are like, is this the correct reading of the book or not? But it's, what's fascinating about the book is that it, it just stimulates so much sort of interesting, provocative thoughts with so little relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, and I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's right. I, I wonder. So we haven't really talked about the um, like the color palette or anything like mm. that, but that that plays into it too. I, I get it's the way that it's I don't know. It, it's there's a lot of texture, but there's also it, it's also pretty simply done. And I think I think that that mirrors that same kind of thing that that gives you the room for that. Like it gives you that kind of space. Right. There's tons of white space, um, and it's. It's weird, like it's it's almost like they're it's almost like it's all foreground. Like it's there's no like background kind of scenery, but there is this foreground background dynamic because there's always like the window ledge and inside, and then through the window outside. So that that's like an that's a like an, an interesting visually. It it sort of it pulls off the simplicity of only having like a foreground, but it also it still has depth because there's always this window there in the background, which what is sort you- of. I think it's cool. What do you make of the fact? So you, um, these are, these toys are very lifelike, but sometimes they really do seem like toys and, and that they, they don't, there's not, there's not really much movement, even though they've got a, a sled and a kite and all these, these dynamic things and, and toys, uh, the, the pig disappears and reappears, but their, their agency, like they, like you don't, you don't ever see them really moving around. So do you, do you feel like, you feel like there's a kid somewhere, you know, playing with these toys and arranging them or like, what's the pig up? Does that, did you ever wonder that? Like, what's like, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on off screen? Yeah. I mean, w- one of the things this, this, uh, one of the maybe like illusions that, that this brings up for me is it feels like Toy Story, like the movie Toy Story yeah. a lot. Like, especially in the first one, they're all like, you know, they're kind of, uh, sitting, you know, sitting on the windowsill, literally like look at, you know, looking out, looking at Sid's yard, whatever. And then they all have to like play dead and static whenever a human enters the room. Um, but they do kind of have their own um, dynamism. And, and there are moments when they do move, like the cat like explodes into multiple oh, right. cats. And like the the bunny does do this thing where he kind of like looks down when the, um, when the elephant uh, crashes. Um, and so there, there is kind of this, yeah, the, it's this weird tension between they're relatively static, but they there is some kind of dynamic and they change, they sort of change poses like the dog. Sometimes he's like sitting sort of looking up. Um, sometimes he's like in action, like he's going down a hill or like in some of, in some of the frames, like the, the frame where it's a, um, there's like a thunderstorm. They're yeah. all kind of like cowering. Like they're oh, yeah, clearly they're, like they're Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an, I don't know. Do you have like a theory on that? It's, it's interesting that they're, it, there's like, they're mildly dynamic, but, but kind of static too. I don't know a theory. Those kind of the Toy Stories, 
an app reference is it does feel like if if Andy were more observant, like he this is kind of how he would know. So they mm. they're all frozen. He's like, that's not quite how I left <laughs> that bear. And then it's and then you're like, oh, I wonder if that bear moved. <laughs> you know, but but actually, yes, the bear moved because toys are alive. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it, it also visually it reminds me a lot of Library Lion, um, which we talked about oh, yeah. uh, a while ago. But it's got a very similar color palette and a very again another like interesting tension is that it's it's both um, soft but vibrant. You know, it's kind of these like warm pastels, but they're a little bit muted too. Yeah, um, and. I really, as someone who's easily overstimulated, um, I really <laughs> appreciate yeah. that. Um, it's it's like warm and inviting, but it's it's also it's still it kind of keeps things simple. I think I was reading the little in the little um, note at the beginning. It says it's it's illustrated by the author, which is interesting. Um, I think that's always cool when the, the author does both. But it's done in what does it say here? Um, full color art. Brown ink, watercolor paint, and colored pencils. So it's it's, in, it's like really like mixed media, right? It's it's yeah. a combination of this like pen and ink, watercolor, and colored pencils. Um, so yeah, it's very it's very striking. Like the, I, I feel like the whole, not just the the illustrations, but this is one of the most. Like, I feel like the I don't know if production values is is the right term for for a book, but everything from like the the illustrations themselves to the the way the not just like like the font is really nice the color of the font is nice but even the way like the size of the font is yeah. perfect the way it's laid out is it's really very well like balanced it got it's a lot so of it. considered like you feel like every like everything was really thought about really thoroughly and i think this is a the author has been doing he's been writing children's books since like 1981 and this was a fairly recent book. So this is 30 something years into his career. And it, it had, I mean, it, it, it feels like it, it's obviously done by a pro. Um, right. <laughs> so as deliberate as it is, what do you, what, so what do you think about the ending? So, so because the uh, like p- part of it is p- part of it seems to say like weighing is like, it's not like, Waiting is a fine thing to do in and of itself. Like that, there that there is like a joy in waiting. Is that is that wrong? And and that waiting is like a state. And then similar thing of like, well, waiting, and then at the end, like the the end result is worth the wait, and so the waiting is redeemed by the end result. But the rabbit, for example, is just he just likes waiting, and that's and that's and they even they end they end the book by waiting to see what happens next. So they they continue to wait. In other words at the end of the book, the wait isn't over it. It continues, but, but there is like a dramatic thing that happens at the end, which is that they double a number. And that's a really joyful thing that was kind of unexpected. And like, do you get the sense that they were waiting for that event or that was just like, does that, does that question make sense? Like, I I don't, I don't think that, I mean, I think of it like, um, like if you think about if you think about childhood, which I mean maybe that's one that's one I think reading of this is it's sort of a just a metaphor for for childhood, um, which, which is like you are waiting for things that are both things you know and anticipate, like I don't know Christmas and like presents, but also all sorts of things that you 
you didn't actually know you were waiting for, but like kind of turns out like, oh yeah, you were waiting for like all these new friends that you made at this new school. Like you would never have anticipated that, but you, in a way you were kind of waiting for that. Um, So I think it, it works like that. I don't get the sense that they were actively like waiting for like new teammates or like new friends. Um, It was just sort of like this thing happened and they're like, oh, awesome. Now we have, you know, five more buddies. Um, that's how I, what do you, what do you think? I don't know. Is, is the, <laughs> is, that's why, that's why it's, I, I think, um, I can, like, I, I, if, if someone, if I'd read a, a synopsis, something that, that said they were waiting, but they didn't know what they were waiting for, or they, you know, they waiting for the snow, but there was something beyond that, that they were all almost intuitively waiting for. And it was like, you know, the increase of their number and the, you know, the, the joy of more like windowsill companions. I could, I could buy that. I don't, yeah. I don't know that that's the case. Like I could also buy it. It's like, no, it's just, this is one of the things that came in at, like waiting itself is a wonderful thing. Like just enjoy life for them, you know, enjoy the wind when it comes, enjoy the moon when it's there. It doesn't have to happen every day. Like be anticipatory. And, and if you're in that state of like attentiveness, you will see the wonders all around you, whether it's more people arriving, whether it's the, the beautiful frost or the thunderstorms that you see just, you know, like, like they say, just see what's about to happen next and just always be in this sort of state of like joyful expectation. And that itself is like a, a worthy state to be in. Like I, I could buy that too. Um, Do you think there's a, is there a tension between being um, in a state of expectation versus like appreciation? Yeah. Cause it seems like the, I mean, I, when you think about the characters, there, there's kind of like three sets of characters to me. There's the, um, there are the four, um, the, the dog, the bear, the owl, and the pig who are all waiting for very specific things. Right. Like the, the, the bear is waiting for wind. The yeah, owl's they're, waiting tied, for they're tied to a particular sort of like waiting cycle. Outcome. Right. Totally. And then there's on the other end of the spectrum, there's the rabbit who's not waiting for anything and is perfectly content not waiting for any, like just waiting. Like he just likes the act of waiting. Right. And then, then even the way that you say that though, like he's not waiting for anything, but like, he is waiting. So he's I, waiting, but he's not waiting like, for something. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I think in, in general, we think of wait as like you're in line and then eventually you're going to get to the end of the line or, you know, there's a, you're in a waiting room and it, it, it's a, it's a preamble to, to, to some other state that you're about to go into. Right. But this is a, this is like a fairly um, philosophical <laughs> distinction. I think like it speaks to something about human nature. Like what, what are we doing here? Are we waiting for something specific or is, is waiting just what we actually, it's just what we do. It's just like who we are. Um, and so I think it, it's interesting. But then the, the cat is like an interesting middle ground because it does say that the cat, um, like the when, when you first, it, it sort of asks these questions, like was she waiting for the moon? No. Was she waiting for the rain? No. Right. So it it sets her as apart from those, the, the first four animals. She's not quite like them. And it says she didn't seem to be waiting for anything in particular. Oh, but she was. But she wasn't waiting for something external. She was waiting for something like within herself to kind of change, right. which is an interesting like intermediary stage between the other animals and the rabbit, right? So I don't, yeah. that's like a third category of like wait, internal versus external waiting, like waiting for something to change within you versus waiting for something to change outside. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just like philosophically or like spiritually ready to appreciate this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's epic man it's it's so good but it's also it's it's 
really enjoyable to to kind of nerd out on and, and dissect and, and really analyze. But this is also one of those books I just I just love reading it without really thinking about it. Like when my daughters occasionally bring it over, I'm just like, yes, this is this is just such a relaxing, like calming, beautiful book to read. Um, yeah, it's great. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.